Well, Steve, we are now recording our very first episode of Through the Lens of Christ. It's and pretty scary, by the way. It is frightening and uncomfortable. <laughs> and, right. uh, you know, we certainly said even talking into these microphones is, is awkward, but uh, we're just going to have a good conversation. And yeah. we've got the whole point of this podcast is that we would be able to take some uh, current events, some some culturally culturally relevant uh, happenings, mm-hmm. and just talk about them through from a Christian worldview perspective. Um, what should we be learning? How should we be responding? How do how do we understand and grow? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, there's a lot to choose from right now. There's the <laughs> for for sure. There's a lot to choose from. Uh, a lot of things going on in the world, and and I think about it in a couple different ways when we think about why we're doing this and why. I wanted to do this. There's a couple things I thought I'd mention. One is, you know, I don't know how well Christians or people that believe they're Christians think Christianly about some of the events in the world. Agreed. I struggle with it myself, yep. and, and I'm pretty confident that I'm a Christian, yes. and it's very difficult for me. And so I'm, I'm actually interested to hear what you have to say about some of these things and some of the back-and-forth dialogue. I want to learn and find out yep. what other people think, and I also want to be changed by what other people think. Right. So where I'm not yep. thinking properly, and I'm sure there will be times we go through this that I'm going to be like, I, I'm wrong. I haven't yep. thought of that or haven't and thought of all of versa. that. Right? And, yep. and trying to be changed by that or find ways of interacting that open up new dimensions of things will be very helpful. Yes, and I think while we're doing it in front of a camera and with microphones, it's these kind of conversations that need to be happening between believers, right? Sure. How how do we push and prod and work through and at times debate? We're not going to agree on everything, <laughs> but how do we debate scripturally, removing trying to remove some of our own emotion and human nature and uh, some of what we've been taught, yeah. but how do we keep bringing it back to, to Scripture and the Word? Um, it's hard, and it's really hard to do on your, your own. Yep. So having these conversations is important. And it's going to be difficult. It's sometimes hard to do even on your own or with one other person, and we're going to do it in public, yeah. which makes it even more daunting. <laughs> right. but, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, part yeah. of it is you know, wanting to know and be known. Yes. And so being yep. able to be you know, a little bit transparent with that. Yes, agreed. We're good with that, and we're going to dive in. Absolutely. And so we're going to start in kind of the deep end of the pool, and uh, we're going to be talking about... Now, we're going to talk about inequality in general, but obviously Mm -hmm. racial inequality is is such a hot topic right now. And um, I think it's important for us first, for us to say, do we believe that there's inequality? Do we believe that there's racial inequality? How do we define some terms? How do we define uh, justice and injustice and oppression? And how do we how do we define those both from what the world is teaching us about it and also what we learn from Scripture about it? Mm-hmm. And then where do we go from there? Mm-hmm. And so, again, this is uh, we're going to try to keep these to about 20 minutes. Um, this is probably a three-year conversation, so um, we're not we're we're not looking to solve the problem right now, but we're looking to have good conversation and dialogue about it. You know, the, the other thing I think about that too is you and I have not sat down and like put together a definition of racism right. or inequality. Yes. Yep. So this is all off the top of our head stuff. Yes. So my yep. guess is that we're going to be missing some things as we go through these conversations. Agreed. And if yes. someone has yep. something to add or wants to comment, yep. I bet we'd be yes. happy to listen to that. Oh, yeah. Doing yep. things off the top of my head and, and, and spontaneously, yes. that's yep. a little different than studying right. it and laying out a, a deep dive yes. outline into these things. Yes. So yeah. just as yeah. like, that's probably a caveat. Definitely. We will make mistakes. Asterisks. Yeah. On the, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, we're not, these aren't fully vetted, peer-reviewed journal <laughs> entries, right? right? These are, we are having um, good, um, raw conversation about that. That's a good way to put it. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Um, so first, 
inequality, specifically racial inequality. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no problem, and I, I'm confident you're on the same page. It exists. Oh, for sure right? it exists. I mean, you, you, I had somebody tell me a few weeks ago that they struggled believing that it exists. Mm. And I'm like, I, I don't know how you can't see it, right? Inequality, racial inequality, it does exist. Yeah, it it does exist. I mean, inequality exists on almost every level, right? I mean, God made us in different ways with different different people with different strengths and weaknesses and and attributes. So none of those things are equal. Um, Everyone is different. Uh, One thing that came to mind is you just mentioned that. I'll dive in a little bit. Thinking about racial inequality, I think there's a there's a couple different levels to that, a number of different Mm -hmm. levels of that. One is just the general. Well, do I accept different? people of different ethnicities in my life and do I talk yes. to them? Yep. Yeah, that's, yes. I mean, you know, racial racial things have happened in different ways over time. We've had a black president. Yes. Yep. Black, black people, African-Americans yeah. are accepted in our society yes. for sure. Yes. But that doesn't mean that's the only level of racism. There Correct. are other levels as yes. well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, you talk about the um, actual structural racism that happened, mm-hmm. some of the, the general framework that's been laid out over centuries, right? These sure. things are, are clearly endemic and still exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we don't, I don't want to delve too far into what racism is or what inequality is as much as to, I think you framed it up well, that inequality exists on every level. Right. That this isn't, you know, I, I look scripturally and I, I, I have, I've talked about um, what we see even back in the Old Testament, even from brothers. Right. You look at Cain and Abel. Sure. There was inequality. Right. And what did that inequality lead to? Right. Mm-hmm. It was jealousy and eventually violence. And you look at uh, uh, Jacob and Esau. Right. There's mm-hmm. there's inequality. These were twin brothers, right? right? Well, inequality between them leading to pain and difficulty and suffering. And so if there's inequality between brothers, there's, of course, inequality everywhere, whether we're talking about gender, socioeconomic, racial, um, you, within a, you and I who, who mm-hmm. have similar backgrounds in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. there's a lot of differences between us. And, and we're unequal in a lot of ways that we do or do not know. Right. So. For sure. And one thing to come in, into it with as well is God knows all of this. Yes. He's planted. He, he yep. knew Jacob and Esau. He knew what was going to happen with that whole. He knew yes. their personalities. Yes. He knew the plans for them from yep. before they were even born, just like yes. he knows us. Right. Right. Yeah. And so uh, this idea of one, I think just addressing and acknowledging that there is inequality. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that there's we've got to at least align to that first. Now, where do we go with it, right? How do we right. define, like, how does the world define justice? How, and is that different than how scripturally we understand justice? Well, yeah, that's a great lead, and I'll do my best with that. So, well, <laughs> well, so, so justice scripturally, I mean, what, what, I mean, God is just, and He demands justice of yeah. of His creation, and and it will all work out in the end, either by those that are aligning with Him or those that are not aligning with Him, and when He'll get justice through punishment. Yeah. So, and, God, and justice is aligned. The standard for justice is His holiness, for sure, right? So, I mean, we're we're dealing with when we talk justice biblically. We're saying it's against the it's held against the very holiness of God. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but culturally, justice it's a moving target. Yeah. So there's with without yeah. a foundation of Scripture, something that's permanent, eternal, that's that's rock solid and not going anywhere. How do you determine what what is just and what is not just? So it's every man has his own opinion, or groups of people have their own opinions, and they're fighting for what they think is right, 
And in, in many cases, yeah. there's a hint of God's glory in that because if you think about racial inequality and racial injustices, yeah. this is all God's world and people made in the image of God yeah. and that's coming out, but it's coming out in distorted ways. Yes. It'll be distorted from a Christian as well because we're not fully sanctified, but at least a Christian should have an aim toward Christ, yes. whereas an unbeliever is going to have an aim. Toward, it's going to end up somewhere else right. other than seated in Christ. Right. Yeah, I, I think um, your point is really brought out of Romans 1, right? You've been mm -hmm. doing a study in Romans 1, and yeah. uh, total Romans, but um, sure. Romans 1 clearly lays out this depiction that we are fallen people and that, that we are the wording that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. We're, we're depraved, right? right? And this, this idea that... that we know within us, whether believer or not, there's this level of depravity. There's this, this um, we can't find goodness within us on our own. Mm -hmm. And I think what we see culturally is people acknowledging that. They don't know how to acknowledge it. Right. They just know there's injustice, there's inequality, there's oppression. There's all these things that are not, um, when we talk about going from garden to garden, right? We have the, the Garden of Eden and, and when God redeems and restores everything, we have the garden. Mm -hmm. When we're in the middle, we experience all these things that are not godly. They're right. not, they're not by, they're all within his greater design to show us, to bring us into a, a place of understanding who he is. But yet it's not what he desires for us at the, when, at the end of the day, at the consummation. Right. So all the earth is feeling that, right? All mm -hmm. of the, we even see throughout scripture that all the earth feels the pains of this. It's like the birth pains, right? Right. I think that's what we're going through right now is that people are acknowledging that injustice, inequality, um, pain, difficulty, even the health issues, right? We we can't disregard oh, yeah. the, the whole aspect of health, right? All those things are teaching us that there's something missing. Right, right. right. Well, and that's one, of, that's one of the things that I want to tune into myself personally, but also as we talk about this, well, how is God working in all of these different dif yes. these different ways? Yep. But going back to the depravity, I think even Christians struggle with what that means yes. and how depraved yep. we really are. Right. And in my understanding is that, especially in Romans 1 and 2, mm -hmm. that we're totally depraved. I right. mean, everything, yep. we've got no good thing coming out of us at all. Yeah. And God yep. uses some of the things that we use everything for good ultimately yes. to, to solve yep. for his purposes, but we don't know how depraved we are, and therefore we become pride. Proud, yep. proud, prideful, proud. Um, we're 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 thinking that we're right. We yes. we're exuding our power and influence over other people in yep. wrong ways, yep. and and that creates a lot of difficulty in our society and our yeah. culture. I mean, pride is really the original sin, right? You right. go back to the garden of Satan himself being prideful, puffed up, thinking that that he should be in control. You've got mm -hmm. Adam and Eve who are in the garden, believing that they know what's best. You, mm -hmm. This idea of pride. Is, is what tears at the framework of who we are and brings out our fallen nature. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, it's certainly a, a great point that pride is what brings us into oppression and injustice and equality. One person believing that they're better than another and creating uh, these systems and structures in place that are causing this. Yeah, and I, I think of that too, and I think of what's going on in our culture and, and how we see the people that are doing whatever we don't like. So, so whatever side of the spectrum you're, or yes. wherever you're at in the spectrum or whatever yep. side of the issue that we're on, what is our initial reaction to the rebelliousness of the people against what is godly? Yes. And, and are we, yep. are we, I mean, there's room for anger. Don't give me, there, there, yes. and, and, sure. and righteous yeah. anger. Yeah. But are we also broken over the, over the situation that's yes. being, being put in front of us to where we're seeing 
they need Christ just like I do. I, right. I am that person that's out there doing all the things that I don't like, yes. but God's changed me in a yep. different way, right. um, a special way, a unique way to make me his child in his family, and now I think differently, and I want them to be that in that family too, yes. so they might yep. have that same change. Right. Because I, I think that's, to me, culturally where we're at right now is this is part of our problem, is that we've got a culture that has identified depravity. We've got a culture mm-hmm. that's identified that things aren't right. Yes. Things things aren't the way that they should be, and we feel it within us, right? Yep. Yep. Can't express it, can't explain it, but we know it's there. That's common grace. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so now we try to bring that out and correct it through new laws, litigation, protests, riots, whatever that is, whether it's anger, whether it's peaceful protests, regardless, we're trying to fix the same problem, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get to a place that helps us uh, kind of merge everything and be able to say, I know I, I have some sense of what good is, to your point, common grace, I have some sense of what good is, but I don't know how to get it. Yes. So then what, as a believer, you talked about being broken, what's our responsibility in that? How should, how should we be trying to achieve equality and justice and, and not have oppression? How do we achieve that? Well, some of the methods that are being used possibly are methods to achieve it as well. Just in practical terms, yeah. protesting, sure. um, you know, yeah. being upset, talking yeah. with other people. Argue, perhaps even arguing, all those things come into play. Yeah. But understanding that God, understanding, here's, here's what I think of. God, God has shown us a picture of what life is to be like, yes. and he's given us that understanding that we're to drive toward. Yes. So being part of his family, looking at him as our head, he has already got this planned out, how it started and how it's yeah. going to end as you put the two endpoints yes. of the gardens together. Yeah. And so us knowing, even having an understanding of what life is supposed to look like is a huge help. Yes. Um, without that yes. understanding, yeah. we're floundering as a society and as, right. and as individuals as well, yes. trying to yeah. figure out how to, how to move in that yeah. direction. So, yeah. so prayer, the Word, um, talking with other believers, being a member of a church where we can, yeah. where we can collaborate on ideas and, and mold and shape. God, God will mold and shape each of us through the church and through our scripture reading and through our meditation and prayer time. Yeah. All of those things, yes. I think, can be helpful. Yeah, because we, we know that the equalizer is not the law and the equalizer is not our right. perception of justice the equalizer is Christ right. right right and so if if we we can do our best to say i know there's inequality and i know there's injustice and it needs to be fixed yes but if we don't align on the fix we're just you know beating the air right, right. we're we're just we're going we may temporarily achieve gains we may right. temporarily see some improvement but we're not really going to see improvement, right? Right. If, we, if we're putting our trust in Supreme Court justices yes. or presidents or political parties or factions, whatever that might be, we're in, we're in a terrible shape. Yes. Uh, so we, our trust needs to be in the Lord. Yeah. And then those are tools and those are yes. ways that God uses. He's, he's implemented government for a good purpose. Yep. And, and, and even though the government does bad things too, yeah. we're, to, we're to operate in certain frameworks and sometimes bust through the framework yep. when, when the point's reached. And we can talk about where those lines are, and a lot of, right. lot of lines are there. Right. I don't know where they all are. <laughs> right. But but, the, but right. the main point is God's in control of this. He put this yes. in place for a reason. Um, this is, I don't know if you've ever heard this, the best of all possible worlds. I believe yeah. that this is, even yeah. though this sounds crazy right now with all that's yeah. going on, God has designed this world in a way that suits his needs, and his needs matter. Yes. His needs yep. are, the, are the most yep. important. It won't well, deviate from that. No, and we acknowledge that everything everything is designed to bring him the most glory, right? Right. So this, in some way, 
brings him the most glory. It will. And, and we've got to figure out, and again, I, I say we have to figure out, we need to try to step back and understand how this is going to work out to bring him the most glory. Right. And in some ways, watch it unfold because it will continue to unfold. Right. And in other ways, how, do, how has he called us to be a part of it and in what way? Right. And one of the questions we have to ask ourselves all the time is, do I really believe that? Do yes. I believe that yes. he is the one that's in control of all these yes. things and he's going to use it for yes. his glory? Because I'm a finite being. Um, and, and when I'm upset in a wrong way, when I'm emotionally anxious about these things, I'm probably not thinking clearly that God is going to use this for his glory. And he needs level-headed believers that both know Christ and yes. experience Christ together yes. to be yes. able to engage with our world. Yes. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, John MacArthur a couple of years ago um, talked a little bit about this idea of, of racial inequality when there was some some big things happening in the news. And one thing that he said that we, we have to make sure that we remain firm on, which I absolutely agree with, is that God said he will build his church. And, you know, Christ said, I'm going to build my church. Right. And this is, he knows what it's going to look like. We see in Revelation that it's going to contain every tribe, tongue, and nation. Mm -hmm. If he's building his church, if it's going to include every tribe, tongue, and nation, then we have to have some rest in that, right? right? That right. it's not up to us to come up with the solution and answer. It's up to us to declare boldly what we know to be the solution and answer, which is right. Christ. Right. And, yeah. These, so these are, you're, you're talking about promises in Scripture. Yes. I mean, these these are written yeah. down, and they're promises that God's going to do these things. Yes. So then, how do we how do we play our part in the family? Right. Uh, how how are, yes. which is I think what you're saying, just another yep. way. How yep. are we playing our part in the family as we engage other people, as we think, as we pray and worship together, and how do we engage our culture? Yes. Yeah. So that's I think that's our that's our hope, and that's really my my burden. Is is I. And I'm sure you do too. I think we all do right now. We feel like Habakkuk in some ways, where we stand and we look at God and we go, "Do you know what you're doing? Right? Do you do you do you actually understand what's happening? Do you see it? And do you right. care about it? And I I think it's normal that we feel that way. Yeah. We can't sit in that place, right? right? We like Habakkuk does. We've got to come and say, God, this is where I'm at. And that requires bold conversations, both with each other and also through prayer. Mm -hmm. And being able to, to come back to Scripture, which is where we have His inspired Word, right. and be able to say, okay, what, what is the truth? I feel a certain way, mm -hmm. but what's the truth? Yep. So, so this is a test or a confirmation of our faith. Yes. Do we, do we really believe the Bible and what God says? Yes. Or, or are we being pulled by the culture because it, there's a lot of weight pulling the other way? Yes. And so now where am I going to rest? What am I going to trust? What am I going to believe? And how yep. am I going to act? Yeah, and you think about how much um, input the, the average, even believer, the average believer has um, from culture, whether it's um, work life, media, billboards, whatever that is, versus the influence of good Christian conversation like this, mm -hmm. um, scriptural study, um, coming together on a Sunday morning or whenever you meet together. The, the balance is on culture's side, right? It is, for sure. We are absolutely inundated with culture, and I don't think as believers we're taking enough time to offset the balance, right? We just assume that what I know will stay, and I'm a believer, so it's fine, but now all my feelings are being framed out by what I'm hearing and seeing. And mm -hmm. we we have to—we start at the beginning of this where we have to fight for that, right? We, we first need to say— um, I understand in and of myself who I am, right? Mm -hmm. that, that goodness does not come from me, that I, I don't have anything in me that, that is going to fix what is happening. I don't have, like, 
It's not of me. Right. But yeah. we know that we have Christ. For sure, and and the Christian life is monolithic. It it encompasses everything. There's nothing outside of Christ or his control. So so when I said earlier, whether it was in our eight-minute introduction or this, I don't remember right now, but but I I want to understand what Christ is doing, what God has planned in every single thing that I'm a part of, so so that I've integrated my faith into not just coming to church on Sunday morning or or viewing church on Sunday morning as we are now, but into my career, into my job, into into what's going on in my understanding of the world. It's, it's all Christ, yes. all the time, yep. and it's just a matter of figuring out what's, what's up with that and, and how yes. is Christ working and how does he have me, my church, my family, yep. engage with him in that. Yes, yes, and we are, we are at, again, I, I said in one of the recordings we did, uh, that we're at an inflection point. And I mm-hmm. believe that, that these things have all conspired together, not by chance and coincidence, right? Sure. So if we look at the health issue, which has basically removed church from our lives, right? We've, it's become far more difficult to be engaged in church. To be engaged as a family looks far more difficult than what it used to. Yep. Um, I think we desire it more than maybe we used to because mm-hmm. we didn't have it, it as much, but it's still very difficult. So you've got this kind of separation of us from the family, then you come on the backs of this with this declaration of inequality, and now you see this massive tension uprising. And I, th- I think it's incumbent upon us as believers that we figure out how to re-engage in a stronger way with the family. Mm-hmm. And um, again, I don't have an answer for what that looks like because we are constrained. Yeah. But we have to figure out like how we're going to be stronger in this together because we've been made in community. That's right. right? Um, but how do we do it so that we're we're ensuring that to, to your point as a family we're moving forward in this rather than mm-hmm. I, um, we know that the enemy is still desperately working to seek and destroy we know that he has already been defeated but we understand that he is still actively working to seek and destroy and he's going to use all of this to divide us and to mm-hmm. separate us and to to pick us apart right mm-hmm. we also know that Christ doesn't leave the one sheep right so he's right. going to continue to bring his family back. But how do how do we actively engage in that? Yeah, for, I mean, for sure, 2020 is just a big a big stew of mess, and <laughs> and and it's all and all these things that Satan is doing is all God is allowing it to happen. Exactly. He, he, he Satan is not as powerful or more powerful than God is. Yep. It's it's all he's working as a tool of of God. Yes. Um, and these yep. things are these things are happening around us. So interpreting them, figuring them out, and figuring out what the next step is, yep. um, with the confidence, as you said, that Christ Church will be built. Yes. And, and Christians, every Christian will yep. come. Yes. Every loss that yep. should come will come. Yes. And Christ is going to build his church. Not that's a promise. Yeah. Nothing's going to stand against it. That's a right. promise. Yes. Yep. Yeah. For sure. So we align on there's inequality in this world. Mm-hmm. We align on that there's injustice. We align that there is oppression. Mm-hmm. We also align that it's wrong, right? It is not godly. It is right. not something that, that we should encourage. And it's something that we should do everything we can to fight against. Mm-hmm. We also understand that the only solution, the equalizer, is Christ. And so our responsibility is how do we continue to bring Christ? How do we be evangelical in the middle of this time? And also, how do we live out that truth so that we're being the models and the examples of the gospel, which, as we said, is more than just simply a message. It's actually a a power. It's a transformative act within us. For sure. So great conversation. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, thank thank you you. so much.